This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. And Joe, we are in a very weird time in terms of combat sports right now. Do you want to know what I did Saturday night? Let me hear it. I watched Black Widow with my wife and my son. I didn't watch that Holy okay. Field and uh, Vitor Belfort boxing match, and I still haven't watched it, and I'm not going to watch it. How's that sound? Yeah, it's, what, is this, uh, we're starting the show off with a Bronstetter rant? What are we doing? Oh, absolutely, we are showing, Let's we're starting do the show it. off. Well, yeah, we're going to start the show off with a Bronstetter Let's rant, because I'm it. getting sick and tired of this garbage that's okay, infiltrating combat Let it sports. out. Let it out. Now well, listen, time. what are we watching here? That's the big question. So if you're watching, what are you getting out of watching a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield box against Vitor Belfort, who may or may not be on some vitamins, <laughs> in Florida because they had to move the event there because it wasn't going to get sanctioned by another commission? Like, what are we doing here? I love Anderson Silva. I would be happy to watch Anderson Silva box on any day of the week. But he just beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. at his father's own event on the judge's scorecard, and now you wanted to box Tito Ortiz, who doesn't box and has never been known for having great hands, as an 8-1 yeah. to one favorite? Like, I don't even need to watch that. I love watching Anderson Silva, and I'll watch the highlights of that, and I did watch the highlights of that, but I still haven't watched the highlights of the Evander Holyfield fight because it's disgusting, honestly. Like, it's yeah, disgusting. Yeah. It is. What it are we is. doing here? Did you think that Tito knocked down, let's get it out of the way, was it a real, did he get really knocked out that way? Yes. He got hit to okay. the temple, he got knocked out, and he was knocked out clean, and you can't fake that kind of a knockout because he was out. He yeah, was out. I think the controversy was the way, like, that shot, okay, yeah, it was a nice connected shot, but the way he fell was like the, the timbering tree, and then, like, sniffing the ground for, like, nine seconds. It seemed a little played, but, no, I think he was hurt. I think it was bad, and that's what made it that's what made it hurt watching it, to be honest with you. That's what made it bad, seeing the way he fell. Like, you should not fall that way from getting hit with a shot like that. It's just if you're getting hit with that and falling in that manner, the sport is not for you anymore. That's the way I look at it. Well, I mean, he, Tito was riding high. I mean, he had, he had beaten Chuck Liddell. He could have walked off into the sunset. Like, why take this fight? Like, if, he, if, if his purpose was to go and take a dive, basically, because he didn't want to be in there for a long time and he just wanted to get paid, like is that like what he's worth now like he does cameo videos let him get paid to like do messages to people and not embarrass himself not that he yeah. has a problem embarrassing himself at the most at the best of times anyways but what, what's the point point? and what was yeah. the point of the whole event like listen Nothing. at least if you're gonna watch paul versus tyron woodley there's some good boxing on that card you can justify watching that and say, hey, listen, at the end of the night, we're going to get a bit of a circus, but we're going to at least watch some good boxing leading up to it. That Triller event was just an absolute and utter trash heap. That was a, that was a flaming dumpster fire. Yeah, a lot of people hated it. I do have to say, though, my man Todd Grisham did save it a little bit. I mean, I found his professionalism, his the way he kind of approaches things worked for it. And I think it worked well. I think he was able to direct the show. And that's what he did because I think even Porter was all over the place. 50 Cent didn't know how to speak on a mic. Donald Trump kept repeating the exact same thing. I don't think he said anything in a five-minute speech. I was like, what did he just say? These guys are good athletes and, and good warriors. And, and it's just like, oh, this was – yeah. But I, to me, I thought Todd did a good job at directing and saving it, making it serious and funny at the same time. 
But yeah, it was uh, these music performances have to go. Um, it's, it all yeah, has to go, Joe. It hurts. It all it has hurts. to go. It hurts. Let's get the rid- first let's... one or two was okay, but it's getting too much now. We need to get it's this virus out of the sport. This is a virus. We need to get rid of this. This is it's it's irrelevant. Uh, everything that happened on Saturday night was totally irrelevant. It, and listen, I mean, if people want to say, "Oh, you're being soft and political," I don't care. Like to me, Trump being on the broadcast is funny. Like he watching him do commentary, I think would have at least been at least given me an element of comedy to watch. I like yeah. watch. I used to watch WCW. You remember WCW, the yeah. rival WWE? I used to watch it in the final years because it was so funny to watch. Like it was, there was such comedy involved. This one had a little bit of comedy, but it was mostly tragedy. It's a Shakespearean type event. But I just like I, why I watched Contender Series yesterday, and the fights are awesome, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Like that's real competition to me. That's real competition. You got people that are competing for a goal to get to the UFC to get a contract. Like there's so, there are stakes here. And then Triller does this event. Nothing's at stake. The fights are supposed to be professional fights. That we find out later that they were exhibition yes, fights. I was going to say that. I was going to bring that up. That's crazy. The whole event was utterly meaningless. And yeah. hey, if you want to spend your money that way, that's fine. That's on you. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to pay a cent to watch something like. Not. I'm not going to pay fifty cents. To watch anything like that. There you go. I like that line drop. I, I honestly, I just, I don't know if there, is there a market for watching retired MMA fighters compete? That's the thing. Like, I don't, it's tough. It's tough. I want tough. them to get paid. Believe me. I, like, I agree with what you that's... said. I don't mind these YouTuber ones. It's younger. It's here and there. But now when we're getting all these retired MMA guys, it's then it's becoming a little too much. Like, I did not enjoy seeing Holyfield. I agree with you. Yes, it was it's fun watching Anderson Silva. It was not enjoyable watching Holyfield in there. Uh, I don't want to see these old guys do it. Like there was a pre-fight, you know, speech with Holyfield. I'm like, just this alone should not allow him to compete. I mean, I'm sorry. It just, I, I could listen to him in his pre-fight interview and know that wasn't a good idea. And then I seen him on the pads. I don't even think he could extend his elbows anymore to punch. He didn't really have anything. It's, I mean, I understand it, but I don't think Belfort wanted to play games. Belfort was there to to do work. He didn't want to carry him. He wasn't there. He was going to be a savage. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I think there's uh, there's some part to it, but it's getting out of hand now. It's getting a little too much. Well, here's the thing. Holyfield, the thing I, that makes me so sad about this is that people have taken advantage of Holyfield for his entire professional career. He had millions and millions of dollars, lost it all. He gave 10% of his money to the church. He gave money to anybody that asked him for money. He lost his home. Like, the guy needs money. And I want him to be able to get money, but not, in, not, like, not like this. Like, it's just, you don't need to do this. For if, yeah. you're like, if you're, if you're going to be paying to put on an event like this, you don't need to pay a 58-year-old Holyfield to get embarrassed on TV. Like, this guy was a hero. This guy was a national hero. He was an Olympian. We don't need to see guys like this, situations like this. It's embarrassing. It's sad. And uh, I just, I, I, I can't watch it. And I, I hate that we're even talking about it. And I hate that it's basically become more prevalent than anything else that's going on in the mixed martial arts space. If you go to the headlines on these mixed martial arts websites, it's all about Holyfield and Silva. This isn't what, what we should be paying attention to. Like, we, yeah. this yeah, isn't true competition. It's not true competition. It's a circus. Yeah, I do. I don't mind. Like, I'm intrigued to see certain fights, like of the retired MMA guys. I don't want to totally block it up. Like, I like that Dan Hardy, Tyron Woodley, like those early guys who are like maybe late 
30s, you know. I don't mind those guys trying out things in boxing like that. I, I really don't. I think that's kind of fun. I think it's a lot of guys had grew up watching boxing and now want to try it out. So I don't mind those types of fights, to be honest, because I still think they're in good shape, good mental health. I think that they can box well. And it's like oh, it's okay. like a sport but, still, but, you know, but if you the saw 58 year old, stay if Dan away. Dan Hardy like, was going to box against Canelo Alvarez. Would you watch that? Canelo would. No, that's ridiculous. But you put. But that's you what put we're doing Dan when we're Hardy putting Holyfield against Theodore Belfort. Yeah, I like Woodley against, you know, Dan Hardy. I like those types of fights. I think fine. that's fun and yeah, interesting. I'm fine with that, too. Let these guys get paid. Let them be on these undercards. Totally fine. In fact, if somebody yeah. wants to start a boxing league featuring retired mixed martial artists, more power to them, and maybe I'll even watch. But I don't. But when we have these guys uh, doing these events with Holyfield as a late-notice replacement, moving the event to Florida, like... Replacing uh, that Oscar was that was my breaking point. That was my breaking point where I'm just saying I am not going to be a part of this. Yeah, and there's a lot of people saying like even if that was Delahoya, Delahoya uh, De would have taken the same beating probably. You know, like maybe Belfort wasn't playing. Or sorry, it was uh, Anderson at that point, right? No, it was it was Belfort. It was Belfort. It was Belfort. Yeah. Okay. But well, I mean, at the end of the night, like Okamoto tweets like just gross. Period. That's like what he tweets after the event, and. uh I didn't want to have that feeling. I'm glad I I'm I feel like I made the right choice. I made the right choice to not watch the, that event and I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to boycott these kind of events going forward. It, it'll be case by case for me, but like that event the the like stench of that event was too much for like that was my breaking point was that event this past weekend and the amount of attention it's getting is honestly like it disgusts me and I and we're giving it attention right now. So I get the hypocrisy here. Yeah, well the other news we have, we can start putting bets on Conor McGregor versus Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, we yes, can do that yes. instead. That could be more interesting. Let's Conor look... again making headlines. What's he doing? Like, let's look at the last month of the sport. We've got like Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. Jake Paul says he's going to give Woodley a rematch if he gets the tattoo. And now you hear Jake Paul this week not even mention Woodley. He's not going to fight Woodley. He's just making. Yep. He's using Woodley and whatever. Um, so that's now. Now that ship seems to be sailing. Uh, and everybody's talking about Jake Paul and how legit is Jake Paul. The guy still hasn't boxed a boxer. Like the guy still hasn't boxed against a legitimate boxer. Let's like let's make that clear. Maybe he's legit enough to beat a guy that's career wasn't boxing, like a basketball player or a mixed martial artist or a wrestler. But this guy still has not boxed a boxer. So if we're gonna talk about whether or not he's a legit boxer. Maybe we should see how he does against an actual active boxer before we start talking about that. One, two. It's what everybody's talking about right now is all of these fights with like these circus fights. And we had great competition on the contender series last night. Great competition. And there's a, there's a reason for it. There's a, there's a meaning behind it. And it doesn't really cost you anything. I mean, if you have ESPN plus in the U S if you have cable in Canada, whatever, that's what it costs you. But so I don't want to say it's free, but I mean, what, what are we like that? That was real competition. And that's what we should be paying attention to. This other stuff is, it's like, I don't know what, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just, it's not really relevant in, in the scope of competition and, and real competition with meaning. Yeah, well, social media clout is everything these days. Social media clout, that's all it comes down to. I mean, the problem with all this contenders here is no one knows who they are, but the fights were fantastic. I, I rushed home early from the gym yesterday to watch them. That's how excited I was to watch the Tuesday night fight. So mm -hmm. I'm in on them. Like I always said, the new model should be these Dana White fights. I'm liking the Contender Series. I think it's uh, something um, good that the UFC has done. So I'm happy with it.
yeah, well, in the words of the great Sebastian Maniscalco, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you, aren't you embarrassed? embarrassed you're watching this this past weekend? Aren't you embarrassed? You should be embarrassed. If you got any sort of joy out of watching Holyfield at 58 years old get in there and them circumventing the commission to do so, you should be embarrassed. Let's move on to some real competition, Joe. There Last night, go. Contender Series, Niagara Falls, uh, Niagara yes, top team, Jasmine Jasmine Davicius gets it done, earns a contract. Five contracts given out last night out of six fights. Uh, you hate to see a guy like Mo Miller not get a contract, but when you're on the Contender Series, you have to fight like you're on the Contender Series. Yeah, I mean, I think he was, what, only 6-0 and at this point, which is still new to the UFC, but that just gives me a lot of positive because, honestly, I have, a few, like, my guy, Matty Special. I keep... The main reason I'm watching it is because I want him there by next year, year and a bit. So it's like I'm looking at the level, the competition, and seeing guys like him there. And I know he didn't get the contract, but it, it's positive seeing guys with 6-0, and 4-0, and 5-0 and get into these types of shots with the UFC. But I thought, uh, going back to Jazzy, I thought she did okay. I mean, that first round was dominant. It's just... I think she has problems when she doesn't get to finish with moving her head a bit. She just got hit too much. But what I can say about her fights is they're always exciting. And I think Dana knows that. And that's why she got the contract. So good on her. It looked, uh, I think, is that, I mean, our second Canadian girl now? First Canadian, My, like, recently. First Canadian female to get a con- has contract on the Contender Series. Yeah, because we have that uh, Debita girl, isn't she? But she's... She wasn't on Contender Series. But she was. Um, I thought she was on the contender. No, I don't no. believe. No, I don't okay. believe Belbitsa was on contender series. I, I think the the only three Canadians that have earned a contract are T.J. Laramie, Chad, uh, and Helliger, and uh, Jasmine Jasmine. Yeah, Chad. That's it. Yeah. So back to back weeks though, Canadians. Good to see. Yeah, I mean, look good, look tall. She has the frame. Dana enjoyed the fight. The girl she fought was tough. Yeah. For her to come back like you that could, in that you could argue that fight should have been a draw. Like. If you're ta- if you're talking about assessing damage, I think Pilastri did more damage in the second and third round. In fact, you know how they say like, oh, they stole the round with the takedown at the end. Jasmine legitimately, I think, stole that that round with the takedown because she got into mount and, and landed ground and pound. And like, hold, yep. yeah, no, she actually did something damn with it. close. And Dana yeah. mentioned that. Dana mentioned that when he gave her the contract. You know, a lot of people, uh, he, he says, a lot of people just utilize their wrestling. They'll use control and they don't try to get their opponent out. Jasmine was looking for the finish on the ground consistently like she wanted to use she wanted to take her down in order to land damage and that's what the judges look for yeah and i mean her tie clinch was there a few times i just for a tall girl i i always have to add some sort of criticism but for a tall girl i don't know why she's not using her range as well as she should you know i feel like using her jab like no one should come in on that long frame and when they do they should have elbows and knees and then clinching up the way mm-hmm. she does. I just think a little bit more improvement with her striking. I think she can be a really top contender. And she actually loses I mean, in range. Like Pilastri's corner was like keep her at, keep her at a distance. And Pilastri's five foot two, right? Like they knew that if she could land on Jasmine at the end of her punches, that she was going to do damage. And I think that that was actually probably a good strategy. And and you're right. I think that Jasmine Jasmine has to work on I think two things, three things probably. One is striking defense. One is range, or two is range, and three is yep. cardio. I thought her cardio looked improved in the third round, but still isn't where it needs to be. Yeah, it takes a lot to wrestle the way she does. When she gets a body lock and she's kind of wrestling you down, it's a lot of energy, but just being a little bit more efficient, a little bit more relaxed. But I think in this fight in particular, I think mm-hmm. she just thought she was going to get that round done. I thought she was going to get the finish in the first round. So she put a little bit of extra pop into it. But, I mean, even the fight she lost, I believe, to that girl who ended up getting beat up bad in the UFC yeah, in her debut. Yeah. 
Yes. I mean, that girl just hit and move, hit and move angles, didn't really um, let Jazzy get in there with the clinch. So I think if just a little bit more understanding of her range with her striking, she'll uh, she'll do great things, which I think it's it'll be there. It'll be there soon. Yeah. And further to me saying that she needs to improve her cardio, I think that that's also uh, a symptom of how she fought yesterday. Like, I think that she needed the fight to try to get a finish to get yeah, the contract. For she sure. fought with major sure. urgency in the first, and that can that can be a big adrenaline dump after that much output in the first. Yeah, and I mean, you could just see from the excitement, though. I mean, it meant a lot to her. I, I personally thought she was a little younger. I didn't know she was 32, but I still think for her, she's fine. She's in uh, only still new to fighting, it seems like. They, they mentioned only, what, two years active as a professional, so that's still pretty yeah, she, young. She's she started basically like in her late, late 20s. Do, do you know her backstory about how she got started no. and everything? So no, she, no. she was... Uh... Uh, a friend, a friend of hers, I think, was meeting somebody on an online date or something along those lines, and asked that she come along with her, and said that her friend was bringing a friend, and that friend ended up being Chris Prickett, and they started dating. Okay. But which is um, her coach now? Yeah. Yeah, which is her her wrestling coach is Chris Prickett, who's also the coach of the Brock Badgers. Shout out to my alma mater, Brock, Brock Badgers wrestling team. So um, okay. She um. Ended up dating Chris, and she was, like, around combat sports as a result. Like, she, Jason Sago, who was training under Chris, yeah. and um, she watched Jason Sago, and she said, you know, I want to try this. And she, like, just basically put on some gloves in the gym and was, like, messing around and moving around with Sago. And Sago was like, you know what, you've got some, like, good rhythm. Like, you could be good at this. And then she went to a, uh, she went to Sago's fight in Ottawa. I forget who Sago was fighting, but she went to a fight in Ottawa. I think this was, like, in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So about five years ago, so she would have been like 27. And uh, she was with her friend and she was like, she, she says to her friend, she goes, I would like to do this one day. I'd like to, I, I think I could make it to the UFC. And this was like before she was even really training outside yeah, of yeah. just like recreationally. And her friend said to her, if you ever make it to the UFC, I will get a tattoo of your face on my butt. And well, here we are. Oh, yeah, let's see if it happens now. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Tyron Woodley thing. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She, she's happen? the original Tyron Woodley. Jake yeah, Paul's she started Jasmine. it. Shout out to yeah. her. But, yeah, uh, but that's awesome. Good story. I thought she, I personally thought she had a wrestling background before. No, I she's thought good. maybe she wrestled in like high school and then she just was training at Perkett's because she wanted to eventually keep wrestling after school. I, I totally made that story up. Yeah, but kind of a I assumed right? it like, because her wrestling yeah. was so good. So. Yeah, she fooled me. I thought she was probably uh, an old-school wrestler, so good on her. Yeah, she's clearly a quick learner. She's been training with some uh, really good competition at Syndicate recently. She's actually staying in Vegas for another two weeks because Aaron Jeffries competing, her teammate, in, in two weeks. So uh, she said to Dana White after the event, if you can find something for me in the next two weeks, I'm here. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, we'll she'll see what do happens. it. She's crazy. Yeah. She's good. So, no, good on her. I, I think she, it's uh, just nice to see the Canadians kind of slowly inching back more people in there. We seem to have a little uh, slow, slow couple years. Yeah, so, well, it's she nice said to I, see more she in. She said, I'm old. I'm, I'm not here for a, a long time. I'm here for a good time. And because she's like 32, right? So, uh, and I think Chad and Helliger is even older. I think he's 34. He's turning 35 this year, I think. So, yeah, but this, this yeah. is what Dana confuses me. Like, one person comes up and they're like, come on, kid, you know, we'll give you a shot. He's 35 years old. The next guy's 5-0, and undefeated. The guy's, you know, 32 years old. Oh, you know, he's 32 years old. I'm not too sure. I'm like, but you just let the 35-year-old in and with the worst record, and then the next guy you say no. Like, does he need to find an excuse why he doesn't want the person and he blames the age? So it's like you just told one 35-year-old, yeah, come in there, kid. And then the 31-year-old, you said he's too old. So I don't understand sometimes what Dana's looking for. What did he say was too old? 
It's just in general, every time oh, I've yeah. watched it, because I'm looking at Matt's age always and being like, okay, I think Matt's 31. Is, is he going to say Matt comes in at 6-0 and and that he's too old? Like, if Matt, I need to know Matt, these things. If Matt comes in and knocks someone out in the first round, he's getting a contract. Yeah, if that's he comes in and knocks someone out in the second to. round, he's getting a contract. Yeah, so I mean. But if he comes out and wrestles someone to, for but... three rounds, he's probably not going to get a contract. And he'll be too old. And he'll be too so, old, exactly. Yeah. Well, Dana White said to Mo Miller, he goes, I, I don't think you're ready yet. And Mo Miller is ready. I mean, here's the thing. He's ready. But Dana has shown an aversion to having wrestling-based fighters that are just going to grapple and hold fighters down in the UFC. He doesn't, he doesn't like that particular style of fighting, it seems. He yeah, respects I mean, it. I just, don't think he, I just don't think he believes that it's an aesthetic form of fighting. Yeah, but I mean, with now, I think a lot of this narrative, and it's, it just shows how good he is, but you hear everyone talking about being Khabib, you know, like... You like, uh, you know, def- de- describe your style. I want to Khabib him. I want to, you know, everything. Like he's created his own mauling style and it's called Khabibing somebody basically. I mean, so I think if you can do it like Khabib, like we saw with uh, the guy in the Dry main him. event who's a specimen, that I, that's insane. Like his body frame reminds me of like a, like an Alex Pereira even. Just oh, you're talking built- about uh, Almeida. Yeah, Del- whoever Del- was that. Del- yeah, Del- like Del- I mean, he because yeah. he was kept calling himself the the uh, he's the the Khabib. You know, they call him the Russian. They were saying because that pressure. So I mean, if you can do it well and dominating like that, I mean, even the Coleman event. You're right. The Coleman event guy was uh, also Khabib his opponent. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a thing. So if you can do it nasty and dominant like that, I think there's a there's there's room for it. I Dur- hate it. Duraev I'm on great. Dana's side. Duraev wins and calls out. He's like, I want to face the winner of Cannoneer. And uh, and uh, Costa, and then somebody yeah. corrects him afterwards. Is like Costa's fighting, uh, fighting Vittori. Uh, he he's like, yeah. no, okay, I'll fight the winner of that fight. And he's just like, yeah, oh, he's just Vittori shooting his too. shot. He wants to go. Heck he wants yeah. to fight for the championship. Go That's on him. it. Yeah, do uh, smash everybody. Yeah, shoot your Hazmat, shots. smash you everybody. What? That's Hazmat's line, right? Yeah. Smash everybody. I smash, I smash everybody, brother. Smash everyone. I smash everybody. He's uh, he's booked or no? Yeah, Shemaev. Yeah, he's booked. Yeah, he got uh, end, booked with end of someone. October against Li Jingling. Okay. Because it was Dhabi originally card. supposed to be Luke Rockhold, right? And then that never. And then now it's Luke Rockhold and Strickland. Well, that was never booked. Uh, they offered the fight to Rockhold, and it never came together. So Shemaev's facing Li Jingling. I guess. I mean, they want Shemaev to fight at 170, right? And Rockhold's a, an 85er. Shemaev wants to bounce between the two weight classes, but I think that they want to. They want him to move up the 170-pound rankings rather than 185 pounds. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, he's younger right now. I think that they probably, while he can cut the weight, he should do it. So, uh, I mean, although that knockout against Mearshart was at 185, right? So, you know, it, he's still got a lot going on. No, I mean, I just want to see him back. Happy that he's actually in talks of being back, to be honest with you. I He was the only when Everyone gives me the example like, oh, do you know any fighters who got any bad things from COVID? I think he was the only one that I really know. Uh, Cody Garbrandt was a long, long hauler as well. Um, but, I mean, Cody got back and fought since then where we haven't really seen. Shemayev was talking about retirement at yeah, one point too. Yeah, He was, like, coughing up blood and stuff like that. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll derail it. I, I know there's somebody online that's been keeping track of how athletes that have in the UFC that have gotten COVID have done. But that said, like, a lot of them might have gotten COVID and not disclosed it, right? So, who knows? Yeah, but I mean, of the serious side effects of it, he had to have been the worst that I know. Yeah, because he was so active, too. He was, like, fighting 
fought like three times in four months or something like that, right? So, and then basically went went dark, like he couldn't, wasn't fighting. So this weekend now we went from no fights to two fights in a row. Well, and we've got I'm, we've got uh, the UFC and Bellator going head to head on Saturday night. Yeah, and I'm actually I think I might be a little bit more excited for that Bellator main event. Yeah, Phil Davis, Yoel Romero. I, I wish they would have matched Yoel better, matched them up better. Like when was I the last time that. you had a, a a good Phil Davis fight, like an interesting Phil Davis fight? Yeah, like that Phil fight Davis could be is a tough with contest. anyone. Phil Davis is tough with anyone. I find he's just he's got tough, that. But his fights aren't exciting. Yeah, and Yoel, if he doesn't want to engage, they're not the most exciting fights either. So it could be interesting. Yeah, I kind of, I would have, I'm, I'm with you. I would have liked someone a little bit more interesting, well, but first, we really haven't seen Yoel fight in a while. Supposed though. to be we Romero was... against Anthony Johnson at first. That makes that was the one. Yeah, that's the one you need to make, right? Both mm-hmm. guys haven't seen in a while, and we've seen Rumble back what one fight, one, right, one now, fight right? Yeah, yeah. and, that and was, it uh, was uh, he won, right? I believe, or did he lose? He won. I, can't I just remember. don't remember who. I remember he was uh, in big trouble in that fight. I don't remember. Yeah, who he was uh, that's why I'm confused. But yeah, he won. I mean, he won. I would have like, liked that the end. Fight. But I'm trying to remember who he was against. A guy that was really like they could have stopped that fight, if I recall. Let me let me go back and look. I'm trying to remember who it was against. I feel bad for not remembering who the opponent was. But it was in the tournament. It was against, uh, yeah, Jose Augusto Azevedo. It was like a late-notice replacement. And now he's facing the champion, Vadim Nemkov, next in like a month. This is uh, who? Rumble. Rumble's going to be fighting for the title in a month. Jeez. As part of the tournament. Okay. It's a nice fight. Nemkov's Nemkov's good. Nemkov is really good. I think Nemkov wins that fight. Yeah, me too. The way he mixes it up, kicks well, punches good. I like Nemkov. No odds on that fight just yet, unfortunately. I would love to see what the odds are. I think Nemkov will probably be a 2-1 to favorite or so. But uh, either way, yeah, we've got uh, Span versus Smith in the main event of uh, the UFC card. The, the UFC card doesn't have a lot, of, like, much to it in terms of, like, juice. There's not much that you can look at and say, like, I'm really excited for this one. It's just a lot of fighters um, and good matchups, like a lot of good matchups. But if you don't know much about the UFC, you're probably not watching this one. And then Bellator... Uh, you got Neiman Gracie and Mark uh, Leminger. That's a good fight. Uh, yeah. Saul Rogers against Georgie Karakhanian. That's a really good fight. Saul Rogers, a former uh, tough uh, finalist, I believe. Um, at least he had earned the spot in the finals. I think he had visa issues and couldn't fight in the states, if I if I recall correctly. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a lot of interesting fights on this particular card uh, for Bellator and and some in the UFC. I think Smith versus Span is a really interesting fight. How do you think that one goes? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel Anthony Smith is always pretty consistent, I find. I mean, he fights a lot of big names. He fights confident. But I think Span's a little bit more unpredictable. I think he's weird. He's a little bit more unorthodox. I just – I like personally Anthony Smith to get it done. But I just feel something about Span and his rangy and his awkwardness gets it done, to be honest with you. I don't know. It's – it's what's the what's the odds on that fight? I'm gonna quickly check there. Anthony Smith minus one seventy, Span plus one forty five. Yeah, I just Anthony's got more tools, but I think Span's got this weirdness to him that cracks and does well. Like I mean, for Span's last fight, I believe was uh, Misha Serkinov, right? Yep. And he got a win in that fight. So I do. Yeah, have, I, don't I do know. have a read on this one though, Joe. I've got a TSN edge pick. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Under uh, two you're and gonna, a half you're rounds. Doing a prop bet. I was say, it's going to be a prop bet. Yeah. I, my props is where I get where I do the best. So you say under two and a half. For under this two one. and a half rounds at minus one twenty. 
what's giving you that feeling? Well, both these guys look for finishes. I mean, these guys are... How many times has Span been out of the second round, right? Like, I know there's a five-round fight, and he's going to have to conserve his energy, but when was it like... I'm going to go look at Ryan Span's history and, and see how many times in his fights he's been into the third round. Sirkinov lost, uh, won in the first, lost to Johnny Walker in the first, split decision against Sam Alvey, so that's he was uh, in the third round there. Second round win over Devin Clark, first round win over uh, Little Nog, uh, decision against Luis Henrique, so that's another decision. Dana White and Ender Series wins in 26 seconds. Uh, basically, all of his other fights, except for two of them, were inside the distance. Would have like were under two and a half. Like would have been unders pretty much. Are you leaning towards someone? Uh, I would lean like based on the odds. I would lean towards Span for the value, but I think Smith wins more often than not. I actually like the Smith yeah, by yeah. Smith by sub prop is pretty good. Smith by sub is like plus 375. Smith's got the options, right? He strikes good. He grapples well, clinches up nicely. Like he does everything well. I think he's got the better fight IQ. But I don't know. Something with Span, every time you can never really count him out with the way he's there. Like, I don't know. It's just he's got something to him. Yeah, I just see an early finish. And that's that's kind of why I like. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind it. Well, I'm glad, Joe. I want you to jump you changed, on board. You changed, yeah, you changed my mind. I did great I on Contender Series over. yesterday. I would have picked over. Everything was all overs in the Contenders. There was all decisions, right? I don't think there was one finish in the Contenders Oh, series. no, there were several finishes. Duraev got a finish. The guy in the main event got a finish. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the main were, event. There were at least But the one finishes. was the last-minute finish, right? The third-round finish? Yeah, that was a finish. So it was almost all finishes. Jasmine went to a decision, and... Uh, the fight mo- after was a decision, I thought. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, that was a decision too. So three of the three of the six were a decision. All right, so under two and a half. Yeah. But what went, are, what's your other picks? I went four, on, four picks? and two on my TSN edge picks yesterday. So a little okay. little Barry Horowitz over here. Not bad. Um, Not bad. What, what other What are your other picks? Uh, Armin Tarukian by decision at minus one twenty. Minus one twenty by decision. Minus yeah, everyone they're favorites. talking big about him, right? He's uh. One of the most avoided guys in the UFC. All right. So I like him by by a decision at minus 120. Okay. He's he's more of a striker though, right? He's got good striking. I I believe when I watched him. He's he's more of a wrestling-based fighter. But good striking for sure. Yeah, because I've seen him with uh, someone I met at the UFC. uh, um, Dubai was holding pads from him. His striking looked good. So I figured he was a striker. So yeah, that's good to hear. He's very well-rounded. really good. Good to hear. Um, what else do I like? Uh, I like the under in the Lipsky, Ariane Lipsky versus Mandy Bomb fight. It's like plus 190 for the under two and a half rounds. Um, both have really high finishing rates. I know it's a 125-pound fight, but both have a high finishing rates. So I like the, I like a finish in that one. Uh, what else do I have on, on the docket for this week, Joe? Um, I like uh, Gustavo Lopez, uh, plus 110 underdog against uh, Alateng Haley. Okay. Um. And uh, my dart of the week is J.P. Bays by decision at plus 800. Yeah, I was, I was looking. I'm just staring at that fight. And I'm like, wow, that's a good fight. Montel Jackson's tough. Montel like Jackson's tough, but his kryptonite has been good guys that can get him down and grind on him. And, and that's J.P. Bays' yeah. style. So That's a fun fight. J.P. Bays has a path there. And I think at plus 800 for a, a dart throw is, uh, is worth your time, Joe. Mm, who's uh, Mike Rodriguez fighting? Tafon. Tafon and Chukwu. He's a contender series guy. Very tough guy. Big. The guy's like the guy's a tank. 
Um, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure how that one goes. Yeah, because Mike Rodriguez is usually pretty good. Pretty sure. Uh, I think. Well, my, hold on. I could be wrong. Was Mike Rodriguez last fight where he had someone out in a rear naked? Fights, there was two fights. Two ago fights ago against okay, Ed Herman. So, yes, and ended up uh, losing it at the end. Yeah, well, well, he was like beating up. Oh no, sorry. Well, he was beating up on Ed Herman. Almost finished him a couple times. Then he landed uh, a groin strike against Herman, and then they went. And that Herman took like six yeah. minutes, like four minutes to recover. And they looked at the replay, and it was like basically like a clean shot to the, the liver yeah, or something, that's right. a clean shot to the stomach. So um, that's where we're at uh, with that one. And then uh, in his last fight, he got submitted by Danilo Marquez. He had a good first round against Marquez, and Marquez got a sub. I think it was a second, third round sub. What, which I ha, I had predicted actually as a TSN edge pick. So uh, let's just keep let's keep keep the train rolling, Joe. Keep it going. What other uh, what other fights outside of your bets that uh, look interesting? I'm surprised. I've seen like Nate Manis. Like I've seen that kid at TKO randomly years and years ago. Mm-hmm. To yeah, see him, he fought against uh, Lapalus. He yeah he just I've seen him a couple times years and years ago, and now I to see him in the UFC. Like I never really talked to him. I just. Mm-hmm. Remember seeing him at one of the events, and he just keeps popping up, which is great. Yeah, so he's uh, he's an underdog against Tony Gravely. I like Gravely in that fight, but uh, I don't have uh, at minus one ninety. Uh, I don't know if I would touch that one. Um, uh, Joaquin Buckley's back, taking on Antonio Arroyo. That's an interesting one as well. Um, Arroyo striker, I believe, right? Arroyo's a tall, rangy striker. This is one yeah. that like the the. Um, over two and a half rounds is plus 190. I actually think this fight might go to a decision. At plus 260, I might take the decision prop on that one, honestly. Yeah, I like, a, a, uh, I like that. As a as a side bet. I mean, Buckley's been cast as this knockout artist. Uh, knocked out Jordan Wright. Had that crazy knockout against Impa Kasanganai, who's also fighting on this card. But Antonio Arroyo is a tough, durable guy. He, you know, I think this fight goes to a decision. Yeah, I like that prop bet, too. All right, so there we go. Um... So that's that's about it for this week's card. It's not not a whole lot to uh, discuss about it, uh, other than that I'm excited for. You know, you have that week off of the UFC, and uh, the Contender Series has been good at the same time. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's good to have it back. That's all. Yeah, and that's going to lead us into at least the 266 pay per view. Yeah, I think next week. That's exciting. I, that's I'm anticipating. But I still think, honestly, that November pay-per-view card at Madison is going to be the one. I think oh, yeah. it just keeps getting better for me. But this uh, this UFC 266 pay-per-view is pretty stacked, though. Like it's, I'm excited for a mega card like that. It's been I think it's been a while. And I think that the back-to-back pay-per-views are going to be mega ones, too. Well, yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's the one in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, and then the week after is the one in New York. So that's kind of cool. Back-to-back weeks, you got a numbered event. Oh, so two numbered events back to back. Yeah, not not oh, this coming yeah. week, but there's the one in Abu Dhabi with Jan Bojovic and uh, Glover, and um, Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan, and Shemaev's on that card. And then uh, oh, yeah, October 30th and yeah. November 6th. Yeah, then November 6th you've got that that stacked card as you mentioned. You got Covington uh, getting a rematch with uh, Usman. You've got Rosnami Yunus rematch with Zhang Beili, yeah. and you've got Chandler versus um, Gaethje, which is that's the one. Yeah, Chandler. And then even uh, Strickland and Rockhold. I'm excited for that one on that card as well. Yeah, Strickland Rockhold is, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera, Ally Quinta, Bobby Green. Stacked. Yeah, 
I mean, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up in the next month and a half for sure in terms of uh, in terms of the UFC. And of course, we got Nick Diaz making his return uh, next week at UFC 266 as well. And Blades yeah. versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Yeah, lots lots of good stuff. Yeah, that one's kind of striker versus good grappler. But who knows? Blades has been striking well too, right? He's he been, been long and been punching well. But I think Blades still that one of the toughest guys in the heavyweight because he can do everything well. Well, it's hard to make somebody a favorite against Blades because basically they just have a puncher's chance. But we've seen Blades go down <laughs> against puncher's yeah. chance guys Seriously, on but several occasions. Wrestling, like whose wrestling's better than him? Probably on a technical standpoint. I don't in think the in the heavyweight division, aside from like Cain Velasquez, we've seen Anyone, a guy yeah. as good of a wrestler as. I agree. As him. I mean, Randy Couture was a, was a solid wrestler too, but yeah, I mean, I think Blades is probably the best wrestler we've seen. I think he already has the record for the most takedowns in heavyweight history. Well, I can see that. Um, and we've got Marab the Machine. Speaking, speaking of takedowns, Marab the Machine against uh, Marlon Moraes. That's a good one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff coming up. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and we've got uh, Nasrat Hakparast is fighting on that card. He just lost his mom to cancer last week. So uh, prayers up to Nasrat Hakparast and his family. Yeah, uh, tough to see. likewise. And also, um, uh, the UFC family took a, uh, a really uh, had a really bad loss this past week. Um, Susie their makeup lady uh who if you've ever met Susie, she's just like an, an unbelievable human being like just radiated positive energy and she uh, unfortunately lost her battle with cancer last week so uh you know been some uh, some tough stories uh for a lot of people recently norm mcdonald one of my all-time favorite comics passed away yesterday a canadian comedy legend so lots of uh lots of really tragic passings recently that uh have been tough to swallow yeah, that uh, the lady Susie, I've never met her, but I can tell you I know how nice of a person she was when my whole Instagram is flooded with everyone saying like the nicest things. And I was like, honestly, I, I've never met her, but I know from every person in the UFC posted and wrote something nice about her. So I know how special she was to everyone. So my condolences. So Susie, I've been in her makeup chair on multiple occasions when the UFC asked me to do some uh, stuff for their Hall of Fame um, mon- I guess montages or whatever you want to call them. They're, they're packages for uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, I, I did make up with Susie, and she was just like, just a beautiful human being. Just she like, had something to her. It's like you know when you're in, you're talking to somebody and you feel like you're like they're the you're the only person in their world at that moment. Like they just yeah, she give made you, you everything. Feels, yeah, that's like what that's what she was like, and I think that's why she had such a big impact on uh, on everybody. And I know that a lot of the people within the UFC were with her, like in her last moments like Megan O'Leary was very close with her and a lot of the uh, the different uh, staff members uh on the UFC uh, PR team and lots of other people were just very close with her so um and apparently she was just suffering really badly uh she had stage 4 cancer yeah. so um but yeah like I so I, I had sat in her chair several times she was just so nice and uh she had everything like she had like a tackle box of just like anything you'd need. And she was like, what gel did you use today? And I, I told her, ah, I used whatever. And she goes, you should try this. You should try this gel. And she, yeah, she gave yeah. it to me. I haven't used it. That's the gel I've used since that day. It's like perfect since for then, my hair. There you go. She just knew. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's a specialist. And I think like, it reminds me of like, like I said, I never met her, but I know she was someone special. Like uh, my best friend who passed away, Derek, like he had that, what she must've had. Like you meet them once and you just know, and I can guarantee you she had that special thing in her. Yeah, Derek had that smile. Just so like, yeah, you just knew when one, some people yeah. just have it. And I, I can guarantee you Susie had it. Yeah. And uh, 
So she she will be missed. Very uh, very tough loss for the UFC family, and I want to send my uh, condolences to anybody who might be listening to yeah. this that had uh, their life affected by Susie. So uh, shout outs to her. She was a big big part of the team. So um, yeah, my condolences uh, as well. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should uh, touch on, Joe. But I think that it's uh, probably a good note to go out on. Um, so uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back uh, next week to recap the uh, UFC and Bellator cards, and of course tee up a uh, a great uh, UFC pay-per-view, UFC 266. For the interview edition this week, I will be uh, talking to Anthony Smith, uh, Ryan nice. Span, and uh, Armin Sarukian, so make sure you check that out. Um, and we've got some uh, interviews lined up next week, big interviews, of course, with uh, Ortega, Volkanovski, you know, the who's who. Yep, Anybody you want, Nick Diaz, names. I'm supposed to talk to. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know All how many right. interviews he's going to want to do, but uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm one of them. And uh, looking to speak with Dana White as well. So uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll get out of here and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.